podcast advertising. What should you think about and do to get companies to become advertisers on your show? So to basically have them pay you to be featured on your show in ad slots? That's what this episode is all about. I'm Yanni Lunga, podcasting consultant. I work with entrepreneurs, business owners, authors who are interested in getting started with podcasting. And I also work with podcasters, helping them with the marketing and growth side of things. And you're listening to The Podcast Lab, the show that has one goal, helping you become a better podcaster. CPM sponsorship for a podcast is actually very similar to radio. There's more competition than ever, but at the same time, the most in-demand podcasts are becoming even more in-demand. Therefore, advertisers are looking for alternatives. They're looking for smaller podcasts, podcasts that are newer. They're looking for emerging opportunities. Sponsors should be thought of as guests at the party. They should enhance your show, and you should believe in the product or service that they represent. So I think the better way to think about it is that you have to think, if you were the advertiser, how would you take the pitch? What would the pitch be that you would give someone for the value that you can provide to them? So that's another thing. It's not just about the numbers. And for some reason, many companies get stuck on how many numbers you have. It's not just about that. It is about the value you can provide your listeners and the value you can provide back to that company and that is completely up to you. There's a ton of value-based podcast sponsorship models, and there are a lot of different ways you can do it. With this episode, we continue the conversation we have started around podcast monetization. If it's your first time listening to the show, welcome, welcome, welcome. In the show notes page of today's episode over at thepodcastlab.com session 74, you're going to find the links to the previous episodes in case this is your first bite at the Podcast Lab pie, then make sure to check out the previous episodes to get the first quote-unquote chapters of the conversation on podcast monetization. Today, we focus on podcast advertising. Many podcasters and people in the podcasting space refer to it as podcast sponsorship, but I use the term podcast advertising to avoid confusion because traditionally sponsors outside of the podcasting world have a certain approach, but somehow in the podcasting world, we tend to refer to companies that at the end of the day are advertisers as sponsors. But the two things are actually different. And in a different episode, we're going to focus on the traditional sponsorship concept. What is podcast advertising slash podcast sponsorship? Well, there are three models you can follow. The first one is the most popular one is what is called CPM model. And telling us more about that is a returning guest expert here on the Podcast Lab. Is the host of The Real Brian Show and Profitcast, The Real Brian. CPM sponsorship for a podcast is actually very similar to radio. Um, in fact, actually, it is. they utilize the same strategy that they use with radio. So what CPM means is cost per meal, which is French, meaning a thousand. So cost per thousand listeners. Typically, what they'll do is they'll have a fixed price somewhere between, I would say, 15 and $50 per CPM. So essentially what that means is, let's, let's just say 25, we'll make it easy, $25. So in, anywhere in that range of 15 to 50, you can go higher, but that's typically what it is. So let's say it's 25. 
$25 for every thousand listeners that you have. And so basically what's going to happen is if you have a thousand listeners, they're going to pay you $25 per spot on your podcast. So if you run one spot, you do a, you know what they call a pre-roll. So you get onto your podcast, you introduce yourself, and this episode is sponsored by so-and-so. That's $25 that they pay you. And then, of course, if you have more, uh, it goes from there. So if you've got 2,000 listeners, you know, then it's essentially 25 times two, right? So now it's $50 per spot. If you run three spots at $25 a spot, you're going to make $75 for that podcast episode. I personally don't like CPM sponsorship for podcasting simply because CPM was based on the radio model. And the radio model is based on a theoretical listenership simply because prior to internet and you know website hits and also prior to the uh, the actual download numbers that we know for sure like if you use libsyn and you have the stats tracking you know how many downloads you have radio never had that opportunity what they would do is they would send out these tests and they called them uh, the arbitron tests um, and they would get somewhat of an idea of how many people were in their geographical region or range basically of their radio tower. So what would happen is you'd say our radio tower is in an area that could potentially reach 500,000 people of those 500,000 people. Uh, this percentage of those people fit into a demographic of let's say 18 to 34 year old men. And that's whatever number that is. And then you take that number of all 18 to 34 year old men that live within a geographical range of your actual tower transmitter this is how many people like uh, rock music because that's our radio station. So now you've got that number. And then you take that number and you say, you know, they may all like rock music, but they may not all listen to our radio station. But let's say that we take a percentage of people of 18 to 34 year old men in this region who like rock music, who probably listen to our radio station. And then you have that number, which is even smaller. And then you have to say, when we play an ad, at 7.15 a.m. on Tuesday morning, then you take a percentage of how many people actually might be listening during that time, just happen to hear that ad and actually happen to listen to it and don't turn the radio off. That's not the number, however, that an advertiser is given because the reality is, is that actually may only be a couple of hundred people that actually hear that ad. It could be more, but let's be realistic. At a specific time of all of those people, it's a very low percentage. But what radio stations will do is they'll say that it is a, let's just say out of 500,000 people, and this is just me throwing out a number. They'll say we have a 60,000 listener QM. And ideally what that means is essentially it is the average calculation of who would possibly be listening to this radio station at any given time. That's not guaranteed number at the specific 7.15 a.m. time on Tuesday mornings that the ad actually plays. Now, they may have some cool calculations on, uh, you know, how many they theorize listens to the morning show versus how many they theorize listens to a night show, for example. Uh, and that's, you know, that's good. Like, they, they, they do figure this kind of stuff out. But the numbers are possible. They're theoretical. They are not guaranteed numbers. There's no way they can guarantee it. They can't track that. With podcasting, we actually know the numbers. And with a podcast, people tune into the podcast for the entire episode. 
for the most part. Not everybody, but most of your numbers, especially if they're consistent numbers on your statistics, most of those people are tuning in for the entire episode, which means they're going to definitely hear the advertisement. And you can go to somebody, and let's just say you have 500 listeners to your podcast, and that's it. You can go to them and say, we have 500, average 500 downloads per episode, meaning you know 500 listeners are very likely going to hear your advertisement, which actually is probably more than most radio stations. Now you go to the big, big markets and the super famous morning show people and everything. That's a very different story. But most radio stations, I believe they'd be lucky to even get 500 guaranteed listeners at any given time. As you heard, the CPM model was inherited from the radio world. And typically we have two elements, the pre-roll, which is about 15 seconds long, and we have a mid-roll around 60 seconds. The quote-unquote industry standard in terms of rates are $18 for the 15 second slot and $25 for the 60. So we're talking about $43 per thousand downloads per episode. That's the important part for you to remember. We're always talking about per episode. So it doesn't matter if your show overall gets 10,000 downloads, 50,000 downloads a month. You want to focus and provide numbers about the specific episode. In the show notes page, once again, over at thepodcastlab.com for slash session 74, you're also going to find a link to a resource that I mentioned in the last episode, which is Midroll's Podcast Sponsorship Calculator is a free resource you can use. You can enter some details about your podcast and it gives you a number, an estimate of how much you may potentially earn if you were to have advertisers slash sponsors on your show. So now you may ask yourself, how should I go about it? What if I have a small show? We're talking about $43 per thousand downloads per episode. What if my show is a small show? How does that fit into the podcast advertising conversation? That's a question that I asked to Glenn Rubenstein. Glenn is the author of the book Podcast Advertising Works and the founder of Adopter Media, which is an agency that brings together podcasters and advertisers. And I asked Glenn, what is the current state of podcast advertising and what does that mean for people who may have a quote-unquote small show? So let's hear what Glenn has to say about the current state of podcast advertising. The current state of podcast advertising is exploding. Everybody is looking to get a piece of that money. And it is insane from a podcaster's point of view because there's more competition than ever. But at the same time, the most in-demand podcasts are becoming even more in-demand. Therefore, advertisers are looking for alternatives. They're looking for smaller podcasts, podcasts that are newer. They're looking for emerging opportunities to, to place those dollars on if the big guys are already going to be sold out for the year. So business is booming. We're at a state right now where more than one in five Americans is listening to podcasts on a regular basis, and that's only going to grow. The projection currently is saying that, and this is by Bridge Ratings, by the way, is that podcast advertising is going to be worth $500 million a year by 2020. So business is good, and it's only going to get better. I think Glenn's words made it clear. There are opportunities for you, whether you have an in-demand show 
or you have a smaller show. There's still opportunities for you to get a piece of the podcast advertising pie. And as you'll hear by the end of this episode, you're going to know about three different models that you can leverage. And obviously you can decide whether you want to focus on one or even implement a couple of them. Now the question becomes, when is the right time to reach out to sponsors? Perhaps your podcast is in the works, so you're planning it, or you've been podcasting for a while now. So when is the right time to reach out to potential advertisers slash sponsors? I've asked that question to yet another returning guest expert. She's a speaker and part of the Podbean team, Shannon Morin. There is no one right time, as in I can't say 10 episodes in or when you've been doing your show a year or when you've hit certain numbers. Uh, I think the traditional advice would be that, you know, you build an audience first, you build a quality show and you need to have a, a decent sized audience with some decent engagement first. But I have seen cases where people actually start out with sponsors before they even begin. So I think the better way to think about it is that you have to think if you were the advertiser, how would you take the pitch? What would the pitch be that you would give someone for the value that you can provide to them? So if you haven't even started, obviously you have to have something that you can show some proven success. Uh, you have to have a, kind of a plan laid out. Um, if you're down the road and you've built a quality engaged audience, you have that to share. Uh, you have a portfolio that you can share that shows the comments, the engagement you have on social media, and of course the podcast itself and the downloads which are what people often focus on. So think of that kind of pitch and how you would provide value for the advertiser and uh, what you can share for them. And that's really the things that you need to be looking at when it comes to getting sponsors. And a lot of the sponsorship may be um, as looking as know, knowing your audience, if you are engaging with them a lot, um, knowing the kind of products and services they might be interested in, which is also often a very personal thing um, as to those products and services you like. Um, and, and a lot of times podcast advertising can be such a great fit because it can be more of a niche audience and much more targeted. So it's a great medium. Shannon said it, there isn't any right time to reach out, which is great. I think it's more about you getting your listener accustomed to idea of your show having advertising slots. So if your podcast is in the works, then that's an easier thing to do because nobody has listened to your show yet. If your podcast, on the other hand, already has an existing audience, then that may be a little bit more of a challenging thing. One thing that I think is important for you to keep in mind is that having advertising slots may affect the listening experience because you now have promotional content mixed with educational content, informational content, the content your show typically provides. And this is something you're going to be able to monitor with certain platforms. I know Apple Podcasts recently released the analytics section, even though it's in beta, but you are able to track specific episodes and see how people interact with them. So you can see if there are some, some moments where the listenership drops or where a portion of your audience skips a specific part and things like that. So it's important, as I said, to think about how to incorporate that type of content with the content of your show. And one more thing I'm going to add related to that is you want to try to have as much alignment between the advertisers and the content of your show as possible. For example, if you host a true crime podcast, having MailChimp as an advertiser 
may sound a little bit as if there is some disconnect there because you're talking about an email marketing software on a true crime podcast. On the other hand, if you have a podcast about blogging, about online business, about digital marketing, then having a company like MailChimp or any other email service provider as a sponsor, as an advertiser, definitely makes sense. And there is a clear connection between what's discussed in the episode and what the advertising slots are promoting are all about. And remember, it's not only about how the company that advertises or companies that advertise on your podcast and the content of your show align. It's also about your relationship with the specific product or service. In order to smoothly incorporate your sponsor's product or service into your show, you have to understand it and believe in it. That's Dan Walton, founder of Cast.Market, a platform that brings together podcasters and sponsors. If you don't do either of those things, you should probably try to find another sponsor. Dan said it, your position is key. There is plenty of platforms that connect podcasters with advertisers, but your role is key. And actually, personally, I would say that if you're interested in getting advertisers slash sponsors on your show, you have noticed, now I'm not going to say slash again, I use advertisers and sponsors as synonym for the purpose of this episode. What you can do is you can start looking at the companies that you are familiar with, products, services that you're already using so that you are really an ambassador. You already know the ins, the outs. You're able to say what you like, what maybe you don't like so much. And that would make for a more personable experience. People listen to you and your show also because of you. Sure, the content is interesting and everything, but it's also because of you, the way you deliver the content, the way you interact with them. If you have, I don't know, a funny accent like mine, a macaroni accent or some traits that make you unique. So even if somebody were to replace you, the listening experience wouldn't be the same. And the same can be said for your relationship with advertisers. It's important that there is a connection there that you relate with what their values are and what they're trying to do in terms of helping customers and you help them in reaching new potential customers, a portion of your podcast audience. You have to remember that like in many other areas of podcasting, you can go down the podcast advertising route, following the do-it-yourself style, taking care of things by yourself, or by relying on somebody else, a company, a marketplace, a network. And when it comes to that, there is an important thing that you have to keep into consideration. And that's something I asked Glenn Rubenstein. What should you as a podcaster think about when potentially starting a collaboration with a network company or an entity like that? When a podcaster is thinking about joining a network, the first thing to consider is what are they going to do for you? Every network makes money in relatively the same way, which is they take a percentage of your ad sales that they help secure for your podcast. Most of them want exclusivity, which means that whether an advertiser already is someone that you know or a relationship that exists, that network might be looking to get a piece of that money as well in addition to the business that they bring you. At the same time, if you're giving them exclusivity, what are they going to deliver for you in terms of making sure you're monetizing your available available inventory? Um, one of the conundrums that a lot of podcasters get into is they'll join a network and feel like, great, someone's taking care of my, care of my advertising sales. 
but they're not actually bringing me any sales. So you really want to consider what you're giving up versus what you're getting in return by even having that association, let alone what kind of percentage they're taking. Uh, additionally, you also want to be very clear about things like pricing. Um, now, I won't lie. I mean, I won't sugarcoat it. Everything is seen as negotiable by the vast majority of sponsors. Oftentimes, a network will want to close a deal and will sometimes negotiate a deal based on what they think it'll take to get someone to sign on the dotted line. So you also want to be really upfront with them about here's the price I would like to get my for, for my podcast. But at the same time, here's what I'm willing to accept. Here are the parameters of negotiation that I'm authorizing you to act within. That way, everyone's happy at the end of the day. And you know that any business they secure on your behalf is going to adhere to, to your basic terms. And along those lines, you also want to set up, do I get approval over sponsors? Do I, you know, do I have the right to say no if I don't like something? How much leeway am I going to have to do copy and what I think is the best format and deliver the ads in the way that I think is most germane to my audience. So you really want to set those parameters. Glenn said it, you have to think about the compromises. You have to think about the power, if you will, that you give up, the portion of your power, of your freedom, of your editorial power as well. Because if you have specific sponsors, specific advertisers, they may have some types of requests and you can agree or disagree with them. But you have to remember, especially if you're a solo podcaster and you are kind of used to being in charge and taking care of every single decision related to your podcast, in case you work or collaborate with somebody else, then things may be a little bit different. Now, before we move on to the next model, the second, there is one thing I want you to pay attention to, because even though you may have found your first sponsor, there are a few different ways you can create and add the ad into your podcast. And telling us more about those is Glenn Rubenstein once again. There are a few different styles of podcast advertising. One is the pre-recorded ad. This is exactly like what you hear on the radio, and it's often produced by the sponsor themselves. The other idea is the host read pre-recorded ad where the host of the show will record one or two great versions of an advertisement and then reuse that again and again as an ad break within their podcast. But the third style and the one I'm a big fan of and the one advertisers are a big fan of is the contextual endorsement ad. Let me break that down. Contextual means it's essentially a live read within the context of your podcast episode. You'll be talking to a guest and you'll say, hey, you know you know uh, something else that's great? Let me tell you about today's sponsor. And then you'll break into it with a story, a personal experience, a problem that can be solved by a product or service, and you're going to end with a clear scripted call to action of what you want the audience to do to learn more about that product or service. The idea is you wanna give it a personal endorsement, and this is part of the reason why podcasters should be picky about the sponsors that they do accept on their podcast, it should be something you can really get behind. Because when you have that endorsement ad and it's within the context and the content of an episode, that's the style where the magic really happens. And it's the most effective, certainly, for the sponsors. Glenn mentioned a few different styles. It's important for you to really think about these and choose the one that resonates the most with you, with your style, with your messaging with your audience, obviously, that fits in perfectly in your show. And it is also aligned with the company that advertises. That's always important for you to keep in mind. When it comes to podcast advertising and the CPM model, 
you may ask yourself, how can I find sponsors, companies, advertisers? In the show notes page, I've added the links to a few platforms. I know Podbean, they have the marketplace that you can use, even if Podbean isn't your media host. I mentioned Adopter Media of Glenn Rubenstein, Cast.Market. There is more and more platforms popping up. I'll add some links in the show notes page in there. You're also going to find the link to Glenn Rubenstein's book, Podcast Advertising Works. I highly, highly recommend it, especially if this CPM model sounds interesting. So that was the CPM model, which is the most commonly discussed podcast advertising model. The second is what some call the value-based model. And telling us more about that is The Real Brian once again. A value-based podcast sponsorship model really is uh, customizable. And there is no one way that you actually have to do this. But the reason why I like it is because a company that's going to advertise on your podcast wants a return. They want to know that they're getting something for their money. Same thing with radio, same thing with TV, magazine, everything. They want to know they're going to get something. So if they're going to pay you a ton of money, they better make that money back plus some or else it's not going to be worth their time. With value-based, you're not only using your podcast listenership, your actual numbers on your podcast, but you're also utilizing the community that you have through social media, your email list, so on and so forth, including your website traffic. Now you can do, you can package that in all as one and say, I'm giving you all of that for this certain price, or you can say, you know, the podcast listenership is this price, website hits or, you know, is this price, my social media is this price, whatever. It's up to you. But the whole point of value is based on finding companies that are willing to sponsor you because you have a really good match, what they're selling and what your podcast is talking about. It's got to resonate not only with the company and the podcast, but it's also got to resonate with the listeners. Do your listeners even care about this company that is selling certain things. Early on, Glenn Rubinstein said that there is opportunities for people who host small podcasts because big podcasts are saturated. There is more demand in terms of companies wanting to advertise on podcasts than actually advertising slots. So that means that companies are looking at small shows as well. Why though, if there is that opportunity, why should you consider a different model, the value-based model? That's very simple, is because it does more than just focus on your podcast numbers. And then Walton from Cast.Market has something to add about this specific aspect. A podcaster doesn't just bring impressions like other types of digital advertising. They can be thought of as a leader in their topic. Their network and social media greatly increases the value of the sponsorship and the advertising opportunity. As you heard, Dan said it. You can think about other things, not only your podcast downloads. Think about your thought leadership, your position within your community. You probably have an email list. You may have something like a Facebook group, social media channel. So with the value-based model, you look at your entire digital real estate and you don't stop only at the podcast downloads. And this could be a great model for you, especially if you have already been doing other things for a few years. And you've recently started podcasting. So maybe you have a lot of traffic on your site. You have a big email list. You have a big following on social. You have 
a Facebook community, a Facebook group or something like that that is very active, has thousands of members and things like that. If that's the case, then you should definitely think about the value-based model and think about every single piece of digital real estate you have to offer. It's not easy to determine how to price a value-based model. It varies on so many different things. But in the show notes, I've added a link to a platform called whypodcasts.org created by She Podcasts co-host Jessica Kapferman. That site provides you with more information that go in that direction. My advice, though, would be to think about a specific flat rate. And the best way when it comes to podcast monetization, the best way to go about it is start by calculating your podcasting-related expenses and then have a goal. Start by saying, okay, I want to cover one-third of those expenses. Once you're able to achieve that, say, okay, now I want to cover 50% of them. Then I want to cover three-fourths and things like that. So take it one step at a time. In terms of how many advertisers to have on your podcast, that's a difficult question to answer. You want to avoid having competitors. I mean, if there are two companies that are clearly competitors, you may want to make a decision. However, you can have more than just a sponsor on your podcast. And here's an example of a podcast that has multiple advertisers. The $100 MBA Show by my friend and fellow podcaster Omar Zenholm, co-founder of The $100 MBA and Webinar Ninja. Today's episode of The $100 MBA Show is supported by Earth Class Mail. If you run a business, you need a business address, but it doesn't mean you need to open up a business office. You can work from home, and Earth Class Mail can hook you up with a business address and scan all your mail and upload it to your account in the cloud so you can check all your physical mail anytime, anywhere. I love it. I love it. I love it. And we use Earth Class Mail because we love it so much. And Earth Class Mail wants to hook you up with a free month to get started. Just go to earthclassmail.com slash MBA month. Again, it's earthclassmail.com slash MBA month. Use coupon code MBA month. But before that, let me give love to today's sponsor. Let's say you make Danish inspired urban clogs. And let's say you want to start selling those gorgeous shoes online. Well, creating a beautiful website is a good start. But you know what's even better? A powerful website. With Weebly, you don't just get great-looking online store templates. You get all the tools you need to build your brand, promote your products, process payment, manage inventory, send marketing campaigns, and more. I'm talking a lot more. And it's all wrapped up in one neat little package designed to turn your idea into a thriving online business. Plus, they've got an epic support team. No scripts or robots, just friendly experts whose job is only to help you do whatever you're trying to do. So whether it's lavender biscotti or distressed denim sofas, Weebly turns your idea into a powerful online store. Because success isn't just getting your products online. It's getting them in the hands of your customers who will love them. And as fans of The $100 MBA Show, if you go to weebly.com slash MBA, you'll get 15% off your Weebly online store. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com slash M-B-A. Weebly, more than just a beautiful website. One thing that you really have to think about is your publishing schedule. And you can be very strategic about it. My advice, though, would be don't have packages that revolve around one episode. Podcasting is a long-term game. It's difficult for a company to see results 
from advertising on just one episode. I would say if you have a weekly show, for example, so four episodes a month, I would say have packages that go for a month at the very least. I would even say have it quarterly so that a company works with you for at least three months. That's a pretty good window of time for them to see whether the advertising they do on your podcast is effective or not. The more long-term you think about it and the more you invite your sponsors to have a similar mentality, the better it's going to be. Having an advertiser ideally should be a long-term relationship. It shouldn't just be one thing that where, well, they come, pay for one episode and that's it. And it's important for you to really keep them in mind and get them involved if you have other things. If you have a new course coming out or you organize an event or something like that, why not surprising them? Say, hey, you know what? As a thank you for having been a sponsor for a couple of quarters, I'm going to give you a free sponsor slot at my conference or a huge discount or things like that. I think those things are really something that make you stand out and will make an advertiser choose you over the hundreds or even thousands of other podcasts that are available out there for them as options. Okay, so we've covered the CPM model that focuses on podcast episodes, thousand downloads per episode is the industry, quote-unquote, industry standard. Then we looked at the value-based model where we don't only focus on our podcast episodes, but we look at the entire digital real estate. And actually, an additional thing I would add about that is if your podcast numbers are very low, for example, then don't use your show as the main component of your offer. Offer it as an add-on. Say, well, I have this engaged Facebook group, email list, and this and that. And in addition to that, I will also give you a spot on the podcast. Obviously, you want to have the same conditions for everybody, but keep in mind that it's your show, your rules. So you can definitely decide. And an example of how you can go about that, say, okay, you get mentioned in the newsletter twice a month. You're mentioned in the, in the Facebook community once a month. You're mentioned in four episodes of the show every month. Things like that. Really be specific and try to also be accommodating. See what are the preferences. Perhaps you have a couple of sponsors and a specific sponsor would really like to be featured on episode X and not episode Y because they feel that what the company is about is more aligned with that specific episode. If possible, try to be accommodating and find a sweet spot so that you are happy, the advertiser is happy, and ultimately your audience is happy. The third model we're going to look at in this episode is something that is kind of borrowed from a space like blogging, for example. And it's something that some podcasters use in their show, but they don't approach it as a quote-unquote actual monetization model, even though it is. And it's what I refer to as the affiliate-like model. The idea here, you heard there is the keyword affiliate. And the idea is to actually leverage the affiliate programs of companies you're a fan of, services you use, software you use, apps, and things like that. One of the upcoming episodes actually focuses on affiliate marketing, so you're going to learn more about that more in depth in another episode. But basically, affiliate marketing is the practice of promoting a product or a service using a special link, 
And if somebody makes a purchase through that link, then you will get a commission. The commission, the affiliate commission, the percentage, if you will, you cut on the sale varies from company to company. Some companies have 10%, some companies have 50%. Some company pays you $5, some companies pay you $50. It really, really depends. The idea, though, is to focus on product services that, number one, you are familiar with and use. When I took my first steps in the online space, especially with blogging, I made the mistake of choosing products to mention as affiliates in my blogs because I saw that the affiliate payout was really tempting. There is millions of products out there, so it's not a problem to find a product. If you focus on a product or service that you actually use and like, though, you're going to be able to talk about it as if you were talking to a friend because you know the things you like and maybe the things you don't like so much. But if you have no idea what the product is about, you're going to say some general things and people are going to notice. Your podcast listeners are going to know. That's why you want to think about the products and services you may be using already first. And if you take a moment to think about it already to manage your podcast, you're using a few different things. You may have a media hosting, perhaps you manage your social media channels using a specific program. You may use a specific recording software. You have microphone from a specific company. If you have an email list, then you have an email marketing software. So there's probably already a few options among the resources you use. And this is actually the model I used when I started out with the 360 Entrepreneur. The thing I did was I looked at the programs, apps, software I was using, and I reached out to them and said, look, I'm working on a new podcast because I hadn't launched it yet. So like Shannon Martin told us, I basically got these advertisers before the show was launched. And I told them, because uh, I already had my affiliate link and everything, I said, do I have permission to mention Bluehost and refer to it as an advertiser, as a sponsor for this show? And they told me, yes, absolutely, please do so. And that's where I actually started to mention Bluehost, and back then I was using a social media scheduling tool called Social Oomph, and I would mention them as sponsors on the 360 Entrepreneur Podcast. Granted, most companies told me and are going to tell you no, because they will say, we don't know anything about your show, we're not interested in this and that, and it's okay, it's not a problem. But it's important for you to keep in mind that there are opportunities out there, and perhaps you start with the affiliate-like model where you have most control, then you take steps toward the value-based or the CPM models. It's important for you to keep in mind, and that's what the purpose of this episode is, that when you're thinking about podcast sponsorships, there are a few nuances, there are a few layers, there are a few options that you can go for. So if you have a small audience, you don't have to try to game the system, buy downloads or these kind of things. And you may have heard recently a few articles about podcasts, companies try to game the system. You don't have to do those things. You can think about your podcast and monetization in more creative ways. Perhaps, as I said, podcasting is a new thing to you, but you've been blogging for a while or you have a Facebook group or you have a big email list. So leverage those assets, combine them and go for the value-based are you an affiliate for some companies already? Great. Why not reaching out to them and asking if they can be mentioned on the show and you refer to them as sponsors? There are going to be 
flattered. And remember, not everybody's going to say yes, but every no take you closer to a yes. And sometimes that's all you need. You only need one yes. And then you can build on that and generate a snowball effect because you said, ah, yeah, this company is a current sponsor or this couple of companies are already advertising on the next couple of months. If you want to go down the value-based or the CPM model route, then you want to make sure that you put together something that tells the advertiser or potential advertiser more about your podcast or in the case of the value-based model, your digital real estate. So take a moment to write a couple of sentences about what your podcast covers, info about your audience. You can look at your media hosting that provides you details about where your audience is located. That's also important because if a company caters to American audiences and your main audience are people from Japan, for example, they may not be willing to be part of that show. So your media hosting provides you information around that. If you focus on your email list, if you want, you can provide details about the open rates, click-through rates, about social media. You can provide a snapshot of the engagement of your Facebook group, for example. Now, insights there have become much, much better. You can provide information about your Twitter presence or Instagram or whatever you use. And in the show notes page, once again, over at thepodcastlab.com slash session 74, you find the links to everything we've covered in this episode. And I'm also going to add a link to the $100 MBA show. I remember a while ago, they actually posted a post, I believe it was, where they had an example of a podcast advertising sheet or something like that, a PDF document that basically does what I've just said. And it was for the CPM model in that case. But that's definitely a good starting point to focus. In case you haven't already, make sure to join the Podcast Growth Mastermind. It's a free online community that features thousands of podcasting enthusiasts, podcasters, and members of the podcasting industry from all over the world. It's completely free to join, and you find the link to that as well in the show notes page one more time over at thepodcastlab.com for slash session 74. In the next episode, which is the last for this week, we're going to look at monetizing your podcast using a completely different strategy, selling premium content. I'm Yanni Lunga, and you've listened to The Podcast Lab. <laughs>